Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson in the Array Law offices here, and we are doing another edition, a live edition of the Managing Partners podcast. So this is where we interview America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to fill their pipeline and to get more cases. So we like to always interview managing partners, but we've also started doing something a little bit different, which is to bring in other industry experts. And we have one of those with us today day. Elise Holtzman. Hey there, how you doing? I'm great, Eric. How are you? Good. Well, thanks for joining us. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, everybody. So we're starting a few minutes late, but we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're ready to go finally. <laughs> well, cool. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you and then and then we'll get to talking. So All right. Elise is a former practicing lawyer, certified executive coach, and the founder of The Lawyer's Edge, where for the past 12 years, she has worked with law firms to grow thriving businesses by helping lawyers become better business developers and leaders. In addition to providing consultation, training, and coaching for her clients, Elise speaks frequently with legal organizations such as the State Bar Association, ABA Woman, Women Rainmakers, the Leadership Council on Legal Diversity, and the Legal Marketing Association. Elise is the host of the Lawyer's Edge podcast, where she and her guests discuss current trends and enduring principles that drive lawyers' success and happiness. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the Managing Partners podcast. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you are a, a former recovering practicing lawyer. I am. I am still recovering, but yes, that is true. Well, how did how did you end up uh, going from practicing law to what you're doing now? So when I graduated, I went into a big law firm. I was doing commercial real estate transactions, which I loved. I I never was interested in being a litigator, although I am married to one. And after doing that for a few years and and doing the crazy New York, you know, pulling the all nighters and being there all weekend and stuff like that, um, we kind of went and did something crazy, which was to have a baby. So there we are, you know, two big law lawyers trying to juggle work and baby and all of that. And, you know, back then there was no such thing as a coach. I, I had never heard of, I mean, unless you were talking about your baseball coach, you know, there were no coaches. And, you know, for many women, we felt like we didn't really have mentors and things like that because the women that went ahead of us either had sacrificed everything or really weren't feeling like they could or wanted to be particularly helpful. And I, I don't fault them for that. It was a tough time for them. But I really didn't know any better. I thought, well, I've tried this thing. I even tried part time, which was 40 hours a week. Right. Uh, but I was still working 70 hours a week because I was on a salary and I was pretty senior as an associate. So I decided to leave. And, you know, I, I had to figure out what I was going to be when I grew up some years later. And I found out about coaching. And it was pretty early on still in coaching. But when I found out what I could do to be helpful to other people, particularly lawyers, I got really excited. Went through a full year coach training program. Uh, it turned out to not be exactly what I thought it was, but I was still right. excited about it and started my own business just about 12 and a half years ago. That is, that's a really neat story. That's cool. So in your business, what, what kind of coaching do you provide into what kinds of lawyers? So my clients run the gamut. You know, when I first started, I thought I was going to be working mainly with big law lawyers because that was all I knew. And then because I was trying to stay closer to home and not have to travel with kids and all of that, that sort of thing. And I was, I was really fortunate to be able to work part-time. I wound up getting really involved in my local state
State Bar Association, which has a very active solo and small firm section. And so I started working with solo and small firm lawyers and found that, you know, not that I had a knack for it, but that I loved it. I loved working with business owners who, you know, were sort of putting everything, you know, out there to, you know, taking risk and trying to do better for their families and for themselves. Um, and so I work, I am now back to working with a range, but I would say that I, I do a lot of work with solo and small as well as with, you know, mid-sized law firms. Um, and depending where you are in the country, that can mean a lot of different things. And then as far as what I'm working with people on, it, it's a lot of it is, is about business development, right? I mean, nobody bothered teaching us this stuff in law school. Um, and it becomes, you know, it, it can be a, a real major stress point, point for people. And so they don't necessarily know how to do it. And they also have all of these things in their head that are telling them, you know, you're not going to be good at this, or you're doing it wrong, or whatever it may be. So a lot of business development work, and then also a lot of leadership work. Um, and, and that, you know, can run the gamut on a whole host of, of topics. But a lot of times, it's really about how you show up, you know, things like confidence and overcoming perfectionism, and, you know, showing up in the world and having executive presence and being able to talk to people about what you do, so they know you have judgment and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then finally, I've gotten into women's leadership um, and business development a lot more recently. So, you know, there are times when, as we know, there are many, many women lawyers in the profession, and many of them are not ascending into leadership levels at the rate that perhaps they should be. So, you know, certainly the biggest part of my practice is is business development. Excellent. Uh, what, what kind of techniques do you coach your clients on when it comes to business development? So I think one of the first things is to really understand your, what I call your who, what, and where, right? Who are you serving? Who yep. are your clients? Who are your ideal clients? You may not fill your practice with your ideal clients, but being really willing to drill down and identify who that client is, is important. And the reason it's so important. So first of all, a lot of lawyers say, well, I don't want to get too narrow, right? Because I don't want to leave business on the table, right? If somebody thinks that I do this, what if they have a case, you know, or some kind of matter with something else, they could have hired me, but they didn't because they don't think I do that. And I think it's the opposite. I think that I, I've seen it, that when people know what you do and exactly who you're doing it for, they come to you when it's time, when it's time to have an expert in that area. And not only will they come to you, but they'll refer everybody they know to you because they trust that you know what you're doing. I mean, nobody wants to go to their dermatologist or their general practitioner for heart surgery, right? And so in the same yeah. way, you know, people want the expert. So really drilling down, who are the people that I want to be attracting to my practice? What do I do for them? And where do they hang out? You know, am I hanging out in a general organization or in general places where I'm not likely to find my ideal clients? Or am I hanging out where, you know, there are tons of them and I can share with them how I can be helpful? So that's the, you know, that's the tip of the iceberg. But once, you know, once you know that, it's really important to be, you know, confident about it. And you're not selling, right? Lawyers, everybody, you know, people outside the profession think that lawyers love selling. The truth is, as you know, as you know, and as your listeners know, they don't love selling. And part of the reason they don't love it is because they don't want to get out there and quote unquote, be salespeople and beat their chest and be the proverbial used car salesman. If they wanted that, they wouldn't have gone to law school, they would have gone into sales. So, you know, I think that really reframing what this is, it's really just about helping other people and businesses and making sure that you find them and match with them so that they know what you do and how you can be helpful is the key. I think what you were talking about is very important, creating an avatar of your ideal prospect. And you may not have anybody that comes through your doors that actually 100% meet that avatar, but the right. higher the percentage of correlation between what you want and what you aim for and what you get, the more likely it is that that's going to be a fit for you, right? So um, I, I think it's important for uh, managing partners and 
anyone in business, frankly, to really deep dive into what their customers and their ideal customer looks like and create that avatar. So as an example, for us, it's managing partners of law firms. But when I speak to branding experts, and I've done this before, they'll ask me, okay, well, um, is it a man or woman? And I'm like, well, you know, it's both. Yeah, but you have to pick one. Right. Is it a man or is it, uh, okay, I, I guess it's usually a man. How old are they? Well, between, you know, 35 and 65. No, give me an age, give me a number. All right, uh, 47, right? And right. so you have to very quickly start identifying and making decisions. And those things matter when it comes to everything in business development. So if you know that you're dealing with people, just as an example, that go to country clubs, you'll speak to them differently than people that go hunting for the weekend, right? And all of your marketing mm -hmm. material will, will be different. It's a right. different angle. So yeah, exactly what you're talking about. We, we completely subscribe to that as well. I just want to mention one other thing. So I know that, you know, we're talking to managing partners who could be in their own practice or they could have uh, partners and, and colleagues with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're in the managing partner seat, it is really, really important to remember that, at least in my view, one of your goals really needs to be to make sure that the other people in the firm get growth and training and education. And it doesn't have to be like a, an outside consultant like me, but make it clear to them that you're going to teach them how to do this stuff. Because what happens is, you know, we sort of forget that, you know, where they came from and they don't know how to do this either. And so not just say to them, well, where's your business? You know, you want to make partner, where's your business? Or you're not producing enough for the firm. There's a reason for that. You know, sometimes they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to manage their time appropriately so that they can fit that in. They don't necessarily view it as part of their job description. And one of the things I tell my clients all the time is you're not just a lawyer anymore. You are in the business of marketing your legal services. And so your managing partners are probably, you know, we're preaching to the choir, but I think I am encourage anyone listening, if you're in that role, to be passing that along to the people who are coming behind you, it'll it'll run to your benefit as well as to their, to their benefit. And by the way, people stay longer with firms where they think they're being invested in yeah. um, and they're engaged. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's great advice. You're right. I can't imagine anyone comes out of law school thinking, I can't wait to sell, right? <laughs> I haven't met one yet. Yeah, but it's, you know, of course you're going to get people that just find you or referrals, right? So like we, we ask managing partners all the time, what, what are some of the ways that you get new business? And and we always hear the same answer. We, there's lots of answers, but we always hear this one, referrals, right? Or, you know, we do good work. And so then our clients tell other uh, prospective clients, which is awesome. I totally agree. That is the best way to get work, or at least it's the best, highest quality way of getting work. But it's passive, right? You're, you're hoping that one person tells another person. And it's usually at best a one-to-one, one-time referral, right? And so it's very, very difficult to generate a lot of business, especially quickly if you need it or you want it or whatever, by just waiting for referrals right. to come in. So you have to do something active, right? Whether it's, um, you know, business development, traditional advertising, digital advertising, you, you have to do something, right? And you have to, it has to be active business development. That's the difference. And I look, I think that one of the, so to your point about being active, people, even when they understand that, they don't necessarily know what that means and what mm -hmm. that looks like. And so, you know, I'm not somebody that is a huge believer in advertising, although I know that for some practices, it absolutely mm -hmm. works. But one of the things I talk about is in addition to all the relationship development that you can be doing, right? And in addition to things that are, so I, I distinguish between business development and marketing, right? So yeah. marketing is sort of the one-to-many stuff for the most part that people are doing, whether it's digital advertising, it's, you know, SEO, it's whatever it may be. Then there's the relationship development. But there's one thing that people sometimes miss, which is this idea of raising your visibility as an expert, right? So when people start thinking to themselves, trust an estates lawyer in 
my local area, what name comes up for them? Or if I say to you, hey, Eric, you know, you live down the street from me. I need a, a lawyer because we haven't done our wills yep. um, yet. And, you know, we, we're having a baby next month. Who do you know in the community who does that? And so what happens is sometimes lawyers just sit at their desk and they churn out the work and they forget that they need to also be raising their profile. And that doesn't mean going around beating your chest. It means adding value. So maybe you speak on a panel. Maybe you speak at your library or you speak for a chamber of commerce or or you speak at a bar association event for lawyers who don't do what you do. Mm -hmm. And in that way, you know, then people Google you and you start to come up in various ways. So I think that combination of relationship development and raising your profile and being proactive that way is a, is a good way to, to approach it. 100%. And, and I'll add to that, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to do a speaking gig or something, uh, try to get more exposure beyond just that room, right? So there may only be 50 or 100 or 200 people in that room, which is great. That's a really good room, actually. But if someone could videotape it, or you could get pictures, now put it out on social media, put it out on LinkedIn, let everybody know that you just spoke at this association. And then you can use that for a long time repurpose, right? So exactly. try to get it, maybe take your speech and turn it into a blog post as well. Maybe you don't even write it, maybe you have someone else drafting, you just proofread it, but you can repurpose what you're doing. So try to get extra mileage out of it. And the other thing is, that, so that's excellent advice, right? You don't want to, you, you, you're putting time and effort into it and perhaps money. So you want to get, you know, the most bang for your buck that you can and put it on your own website, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and also maybe send it around to some other people and say, hey, I recently spoke at this event. Are you yep. looking for a speaker? I'd like to speak at that event. So you, you can definitely maximize what you're doing. I was going to say something else and I forgot. I'm sure it was utterly brilliant. We'll see if that comes back to me. <laughs> well, I got one for you. All right. So okay. you know what you, you focus on, it sounds like really kind of two two pillars in, in a law firm. One is business development. One is leadership development. Uh, on the business development side, I, I would say that the business development and, and what, what we do here at Array Law is um, digital marketing. So those two bring leads, you know, bring prospects, uh, prospective clients to the law firm. And that typically means there's going to be some sort of a meeting or a consultation, but it doesn't mean that that prospective client is going to become a client. There's usually some time that passes between that meeting and when they actually either need you or you know, agree to proceed with you. What do you feel like managing partners and other lawyers can do to nurture these prospective clients and kind of increase the likelihoods that they'll become real clients? Right. So that's a great question. So, you know, a lot of what you're, you used, oh, I think you used the word nurture, you know, how do you nurture these relationships? And I talk about that a lot. You can't expect to meet somebody once or have them hear you speak once and say, Eureka, you know, Eric is my guy. He's obviously the best lawyer for the job. And if I ever need a lawyer, I'm going to call him. And so that's why you need to maintain top of mind awareness with people. You know, some marketers will call it Toma, top of mind awareness. And, you know, depending on how you met that person or encountered that person, you may want to do it in similar ways, or you may want to do it in different ways. You know, maybe you met them at a bar association conference, or you met them at a, at a local uh, business meeting in your community. Follow up with people, right? If you've connected with somebody and you like them, follow up just to say hi, get to know them a little bit better, learn more about what makes them tick. You can definitely connect with people also uh, in digital marketing, and you'll know more about this than I will. But, you know, if people are consuming your media and you can tell how they're consuming your, your information, give them more of it. You know, if there's something on your website that got a zillion hits and other things that nobody's paying attention to, maybe you double down and you give them more of that. So the, the whole point is delivering value and create creating connection. And so, you know, if you're nurturing relationships with ex people who are already in your network, check in with them, send them something that's of value, make a restaurant recommendation, let them know, hey, you know what, I know I may not do the kind of work that you 
that you need when you need a lawyer, uh, you know, always, maybe sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. But if you need any lawyer and you don't know who to call, just call me and I'll help you get to the right person. You can just serve as a resource for people so they get to know, like, and trust you over time and they remember what you do so that when the time comes, they do know to call you or to refer you to somebody else that they care about. Yeah, love it. That's great. All right, I want, I want to kind of put you on the spot here as we wrap okay. up the podcast. I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to ask this question, but when it comes to either leadership or or business development for law firms, what would be like the, the number one tip that you would have for lawyers about how they can improve either one of those aspects? I would say take stock of your mindset and the voices in your head, you know, what you're hearing, right? So we all have what I would call head trash or what coaches like to call gremlins. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have these voices in our heads that are telling us, you know, you're to this or you're not that enough or what makes you think somebody would want to hear from you or, oh God, somebody's going to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to and you're going to look like an idiot. Um, and what I would say is that the vast majority of that stuff isn't true, right? It's true for you, you know, what I call like lowercase t truth, but there's a global truth, capital T truth. And most of this stuff is just, is false. And what it's doing is it's getting in your own way. So the challenge is that many people are saying, well, you know, I don't know how to get clients or why aren't, why am I not bringing in clients or why am I not ascending to the position or the role that I want in this firm? And the answer sometimes is you, right? And that's like not to be critical. So it's kind of bad news, right? Because you're kind of standing in your own way sometimes, but it's also great news because if you're the one that's getting in your own way, you can do things that get you out of your own way. And a lot of times that has to do with the mindset and the stories we're telling ourselves that are not true and not fair. You don't deserve it. It's not helping you. And so see if you can find, you know, a way to work through some of those issues, put them to the side. It's almost like, and I didn't come up with this, um, this idea. I read, I read this in a book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, probably 15 years ago. Think about it as releasing the emergency brake on your car. So this mindset stuff, this head trash is like the emergency brake and you're doubling down on that. You're pushing down on it hard. If you just release that emergency brake and you're headed in the right direction, you're going to move forward, right? So it's not like you have to keep pressing on the accelerator even harder. You just have to release that blockage and that alone will help you move forward. You'll start to pick up steam. Yeah, fix your mindset. Easy to say, hard, hard to do. To do. <laughs> and you'll probably want a coach like Elise to help you through that. So yes, Elise, if, if someone would like to reach out to you, if they want to help, they want help with business development or with leadership or to fix their mindset, how should they get in touch with you? Uh, thanks for asking, Eric. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's just Elise Holtzman, or you can email me directly. I'd love to hear from you. Um, it's just Elise at the lawyer's edge. That's E-L-I-S-E -E at the lawyer's edge.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And if you would like to take advantage of more awesome podcast episodes like this, you can check out our full library at arraylaw.com slash podcast. And if you're looking for digital marketing in order to help fill your pipeline at your legal firm, you can go to arraylaw.com and we'll explain our services, which are web development, search engine optimization, social media, and online advertising. All right, Elise, thanks so much. Thank you, Eric. Bye. Thank you.